0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Abram Kibalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. The Pasuk says, The land that you're given, we plant, and of course, we reap. At <laughs> reap, we actually bring in what it is that we've planted. That is the the, the, the essential acts of planting it. The land does its magic, allows things to grow, and then we bring in the tua. The next passage says, however, we do that for six years. V'ashvizt
1: tishmetena. Shamot. Shamot means we actually leave it alone. Tishmatena Unitashta. We leave it. Unitashta also it's left.
0: Tishmatena is almost like it's cut away from us. Unitashta is sort of like we move away from it. It's sort of we lose control and we move away
1: from it. And then what happens? V'achlu Evone Amecha. And even though you were, you
0: were working it and bringing it in, this year, the evionim, the
1: evionim of the am are the ones that will be eating it. V'yitram, and what's left over after they're finished eating it, tochal chayat
0: sade. So that is the first description of shviyas of what happens in the seventh year when you're in Eretz Yisrael, Obviously, you get the impression you're not supposed to do what was written in the Pasuk before. The Pasuk before describes Asifa, which doesn't happen in the seventh year, but also, it also describes Zria, which doesn't happen in the seventh year. But there's more. It's more than just the absence of Zuria and the absence of Asifa. There's also Tishmetena, Unitashta. Not a hundred percent clear what this means. What's not so unclear is this, Evione Amecha. Whatever it is, all
1: the poor people can eat it. Now, Rashi says on this pasuk, you can see Rashi, Tishmetena. Meavoda. All right.
0: Ve'nitashta machivat achar zman So tishmatena means you drop it. Don't do any work in your field. Nothing. And what does nitashta mean? Nitashta means you, you you stay away from it, even from eating it. Even the finished product cannot be eaten. So there's something called the zman Now, that happens the year, actually, that happens actually later. It happens, what does beir peroshviyus mean? Uh, It means that, uh, and we'll explain it a little bit more, but it means that there's a time that even though, of course, you're allowed to eat the peros, even the owner can eat it, but he cannot eat it past a certain time. What time is that? that's the time that it's no longer growing wild. So you're allowed to gather stuff. You're allowed to put it in some sort of um, area where it will be kept um, in a decent shape that it won't rot. But you can only eat it. Each food is dependent on when, where it's growing wild. Is it still extant and growing wild? After it's no longer growing wild, it could be a couple of months, you can no longer eat that food. So there is a mitzvah say, according to Rashi, not to eat peiroshvis. All
1: right. Rashi then says, Dover acher, Tishmetena meyavod kagon
0: chayrush Vizerua Tishmetena is primal. Don't be in your near field. It's like you're not connected. You're not doing the primal work. Unitashta is really repeating the same idea, but talking about more minor work. For example, putting fertilizer in umilakashkesh, which I guess means to like go around and get rid of bugs or other things, or to separate. When, when, when plants are getting into together, so you're going around and, and sort of like shaking things up and, and making sure that things are growing properly. So there's the essential acts and there's the acts that are ancillary and help things grow. So the Pusik is telling you that the person who's during shvius needs to be shamut from primal acts and also notush from non-primal acts. Um that's where the way Rashi says the posak means. Okay. The Ramban, who is our star, obviously, the Ramban says, Tishmatana Vinitashto. He quotes Rashi. And of course he refers to Rashi as Rabbeinu Shlomo. The Ramban is the only person who can get away with this, by the way. Some people, other people can as well, but rabbeinu, you know, he calls him rabbeinu, right? Doesn't say rabbeinu shlomo, our teacher. He's he's my teacher and yours, but he's wrong. He's wrong. Why? This is not correct. There is the whole Isra Minah Torah of Shvius. The rabbis went wild in Shvius. They added us many, many halachot. But the only ones that are also from the Torah is Harish of Israel. When it comes to kishkush, and even though fertilizer is very important, get that fertilizer there. That, that stuff is going to grow if you fertilize it. Even nichush, where you're pruning it, the udin, the koseach, all the things that every normal farmer knows how to do—ripping out weeds uh, and other things like that, and smoothing things out, and getting rid of bugs Koshara avodas karka, ainu And the Ramban says that's what it says in the Gemara. Okay. That is the Masech Moed in the first Perik. Harisha vizria oserachmona avoltoldas lo Vekulu vikulu All of these things are only rabbinical. So right away we have the Ramban I'm not telling you that you can do everything on shmias but the Ramban clearly holds that it's only the two primal melachos are what the Torah made oser. The rabbis added. Meaning, let's say what the difference would be. Let's say something was growing on its own. How did it grow on its own? Because the seeds were dropped by a bird or the seeds fell from the tree. Minatora, you would be allowed to to tend those uh, uh, plants that were growing. You'd be allowed to Really work in the field, you'd be allowed to go out there and make sure they grew properly. The only thing the Torah made usir was Harisha and zriya. It's very interesting because obviously these other things are are, are in a Torah on Shabbat you can't do them, but on Shviyas it's not like Shabbat. Shviyas it's only the primal, which means what um, the the um, the primal melachot of getting the land in a state where you can put seeds in. The Rabbanan added everything else. The next thing the Ramban says is that I don't deny that Rashi found the pasuk for this, but it's an asmachta.
1: In other words, he believes that Rashi is, has, has been um,
0: negligent in his job. Rashi is a Parshin on the Mikra. Rashi doesn't have a right to fool his readers into thinking that he's explaining the Pshat and the Pusuk when what's going on here is only an Asmachta.
2: Rabbi Kivilevich? Yes. Interrupting. But um, if he's going to say that, then it seems to me what he has to do is, I'm not certainly not saying the Ramban is wrong either, but he has to explain what is being added uh, by uh, Tish Matena. That's right. Uh, He has to explain that because what Rashi has done is basically said, okay, and now I'm telling you what these two words are at the beginning uh, in relation to the other stuff that's being mentioned. So what does he think? What is the Ramban thinking?
0: Bob, you're correct. Rashi Inserted these laws here to help a reader understand what these how what this sentence means and how these terms aren't just repetitive. You're correct. However, the Ramban feels that to do that with rabbinics with a rabbinic interpretation, which is not pshat, is is incorrect. So you're right. So so what do you say, Ramban? What are you going to say? Well, we're going to get to what he says in a minute. There is B'yur, but and we'll see what the Ramban thinks bier is. Actually, the Ramban does not believe the, there's an Isra of bier in either. He actually believes it's also rabbinical. So that's the Ramban's opinion in Parshas Bahar. This, what I just said, that it's usher to eat peroshviyas after the animals aren't eating it, the Ramban says that is also a rabbinical uh, uh, decree. It wasn't something from the Torah. But here he says that if Rashi found this in the chazal, it's incorrect. <laughs> in other words, the chazal that, that we base beer on is not from this posse. So what do we do then? So the Raman says, I'm going to go with Ezra here, right? He's going to go with Ebenezer. Rabbi Avram Omar, right? Not Rabbeinu, but Rabbi Avram, <laughs> right? Rabbi Avram Omar, Tishmiteno is <laughs> Shemot Kol Ba Meaning, Tishmiteno is a remez to what it says in Sefer Dvarim, that you cannot get a loan. So it's a remez Tishmiteno means, whoop, I don't have control anymore. And it will be explained later in Sefer Dvarim, what you don't have control. Meaning that if you lent money to someone, the seventh year can obviate alone. You lose control over many things, but specifically this. That's what Ebenezer says. Vinitashta means shalot tizras So That's the Ebenezer's answer. The Ebenezer's answer is nitashta means get away from your land. Don't work it. Tishmetena means... Don't don't collect
1: debts. Nitashta means don't work the land. Klum. Ramban says he does.
0: Da- okay, so we talked about his relationship to both of them. Take a look at the difference. Klum. Rashi might be correct. From a rabbinic standpoint, that these are the these are asmachtas uh, for this halacha, but it's incorrect to explain the pasuk this way. Ezra is just totally wrong. <laughs> it's like zero, ain't no clue. Avul hakosav dovak perishon yud aleph is connected to pasuk yud shei shonim tizra. What does Tizra mean, of course? Plant and gather. Vashmias, Tishmetena. Tishmetena means don't do Zaria because it's like you're not bending down and putting seeds in. Netashta means that you stay away from it even if anything grows. Shalotesof is the Tishmetena is the, is the original, uh, you're not out in the field doing stuff and natashta means that even though there's stuff that's growing you're not out there with your usual pickers you're not out there with your usual 100 um, uh, um, you know migrant workers with their with their special uh, baskets and their special uh, con- their special containers and their special utensils and gathering you're not doing it so that's what tishmateno natashta it's 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 connected to the previous verse Tizra and Asafta. What's the opposite of Tizra? The opposite of Tizra is Tishmatana. You stay away from that field. Don't you start putting stuff in there? And Nitashtha means even though you might want to go there, oh, stuff grew. How did stuff grow? Well, stuff grew from from the seeds that were there from before.
1: Stay away from that. That's what Nitashta means. Um And
0: if you leave it alone, then the Avionim will eat it. Okay. So, and he brings a proof that Natashta
1: means that from a Pesach in Nehemia, where it says that when we talk about what happened during the Shemitah year, Will be Vinitosh Esashona Hashvius.
0: Vinitosh. And he assumes means that you're going to just stay away from the benefits of that year. All right. That is the Ramban. Now that's one Ramban. I want to point out the Ramban doesn't say much about a yoni America other than it's the result of. You not gathering it normally means they're going to come in and get it. Normally, we give out. Le- we you give leket shiklopeya. You give maestros, You give oni. On shviyas, you never gather the stuff normally and then parcel it out. What happens is everybody else can come in, nor- can get it. You can also go and get it, but um, not in your normal way. And therefore, the avionim are the ones. We're going to have the schus. So that is the one pusik of part of of Schwius. Okay, let's take a look at another pusik, another chapter of Schwius. And this, of course, is the more
1: famous one. And that, of course, is Vayikra 25, I believe. Here, in Vayikra.
0: It isn't just saying don't work the sixth year. It now becomes Shabbos Ladonai. It's not just called a year not to work, to leave it alone, to leave the fields. It becomes God's Shabbos. She Shanim Tizra Sadecha. Here we have a new Malocha mentioned. What the Rambam right? Right? Remember, the Ramban says it's only Zria and, 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 and Harisha. Here is, 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 is Tizmor. Is B'Shon It says Karam Chavay So the Ramban will have to admit that Zmira is Osr. Even though we said before that Idur and Nisuch, but Zomer has to be Osr says so in the torah the only way you can explain this is that for a a vineyard for a vine to be zomer is almost as important as the original planting because if you don't attend to it consistently and cut away some of the uh the dross material that's growing, you're never going to get your grapes. So you constantly have to be uh, on top of it, cutting away little branches that will impede the proper growth of the crop. Which is somehow different than weeding. Zomer seems to be like almost like you're going into the kishkas of the vine. Here you have you can't do asifa, sviach and You can't bring in stuff normally. Shabbos shnasha boston yiloritz.
1: lochem. Now it's your Shabbos as well. What does that mean? Laachlo you're going
0: to be able to use. You're going to be able to eat. The Ramban says in Parshas Bahar, we're now telling you, but you can still get it. It's going to be everyone will be able to live off of what grows in the sixth year, and whatever is also available in the seventh year.
1: Okay? Sh'tich you kulchem. You'll all be able to live from it, even though
0: you're not planting or or doing much. You're all going to be able to survive.
1: So, that is why the Torah says, So, this is where Rashi gives you his source
0: for the idea of Biur. Just want to read it with you together. Why are we mentioning the Chaya? Your animals, I understand. Your animals, I understand, should have a right Um, to eat what they usually eat that you plant for them why do you have to mention the wild animals so Rashi says (laughs) obviously if the chai is eating it for sure your animal you're allowed to feed your animal you need to why do we mention chai and behema (laughs) if they're still growing wild, you're allowed to give it to your behema, what you have gathered in your house, and you still have in a semi-storage type of situation. But if it's gone from the chaya, then, at this point, it's also gone from your behema, you cannot feed your animal. And you can't feed yourself either.
1: This is this. this is called the zman habir. Um, The Ramban, in Chumash, says, he quotes Rashi,
0: as the Rashi is based on the Torah at Kohanim. The Rav, Rashi, doesn't explain what you're supposed to do with it. And what you're supposed to do is Basically, get them out of your house and make them hefker. That's what it means, biur shvius, destruction. Ain't Inyan Shuperis achar's mana asur and bahano? That doesn't mean you can't eat them. Rashi said differently. Rashi says that you can't eat them after the Zman abir. Ramban disagrees. There is something called biur, I agree. Doesn't mean that you have to destroy them. It's never mentioned as something that you have to get burned or, right? All you have to do is say, I no longer own them, anybody can take them. And in fact, the Mishnah says, Aniyam are allowed to eat even after the Zmanabiyur. That's what Rabbi says, Rabbi Yuda says. Rabbi says, even an usher can go back and eat it. Even the guy who owned it can go back and eat the stuff that he made Hefker. As Ramban says, Ashirim Bali Sodas Atman. They could go back to their own fields after they made it Hefker. So, why did Rabbutus say they can't eat it? It's only Minorabbanon. The halacha zakarbiosi, Minat Torah, there is a mitzvah to get rid of this stuff. I agree. There's something called beer. I'm not denying that. But beer does not mean you can't eat it. Beer just means you need to now declare the stuff hefker, which means you don't declare your, your field hefker beforehand. According to the Ramban, there's no mitzvah to be mafker, your field on on, on There's a mitzvah after if you have stuff left over after whatever the time the beer is, there's a mitzvah to call that land, to, to to put take those payers out of the house and say, okay, anybody
1: who wants can eat this. That is what the alocha is of beer. Then he quotes the Tosefta. As he says here, Lamanu mafurish bir only
0: means Levira hapeyros Meshuso laftiro.
1: And there were takanas how it was supposed to be done. Then the Raman mentions something called Otzer Bezdin. That if you,
0: uh, if you take your payros and you give them away to
1: Bezdin, they don't have to be they don't need beer after that. And Bezdon can now give them to anyone. Now Okay, then he quotes Rashi and Psochem, and and the Rambam.
0: Here's where Ramban versus Rambam the first one. The Rambam and many others say that after a certain calendar date, let's say for um, cucumbers or for uh, wild strawberries, that after that calendar date that we know it's not being eaten, it's usher to have that strawberry. And you have to burn it.
1: But they are wrong. It's true, you can't keep them in your house. But, if you take it out of your house, and you make it hefker, you can bring it back in. Then he says something
0: that I referred to before. Maybe there is no such thing as biur from the Torah. Maybe biur is just something the rabbis created.
1: And the Ramban feels that that might be actually true. It's a good thing, biur. Now, That is one attack the
0: Ramban has. He does, again, he's a minimalist when it comes to shvius. He agrees that the rabbis have complicated things, but he is a basic minimalist in terms of what shvius is. So that's one
1: aspect of the Ramban in terms of Shemitah. The other part I want to share with you is We know the Ramban's work on the Rambam he
0: critics he 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 like the Rambam, he believes that there are six hundred and thirteen mitzvot. He wonders if that's true or not, but eventually he throws in with the Rambam and the others. However, his uh numbering is different than the rambams. there are things which he believes aren't the mitzvah, and therefore he Inserts his own version, his own mitzvot. Mitzvah Gimel is a mitzvah that he feels that the Rambam has not mentioned. What is that? Remember what we saw? The pshat was according to the Ramban. The pshat was you might think it's all God and maybe it's not going to be enough and maybe you have no right to eat it. No, no. God's going to take care of you. That's what it means. Shabbos Ha'aretz lechem l'ochla. That's Pshat and But the Ramban here says there's a mitzvah. What mitzvah is that? Based on the drash, l'ochla v'lo Meaning, you, these peros have a special kedusha that you're not allowed to gather them and have enough and, and sell them to somebody, and to use them as a commodity. They are meant to be used as nutrition, enjoyable nutrition, enjoyable, exciting, great food, but they aren't meant to be used as a commodity based on their value. And that, he says, is a mitzvah from the Torah. It says... You can't pay up a debt with payroshevias. In other words, you owe money and you give someone payros to pay that debt. You have treated the payros as if they are a commodity, as opposed to something that you're just supposed to enjoy eating. Now, up until this point, what is he? What does he mean? What mitzvah is there? What is the mitzvah the Ramban is talking about? Now, it sounds like the mitzvah is not to treat it as a commodity, which is the mitzvah is not to do business with it. There's a mitzvah say, not to do business, meaning have it as your enjoyable eating item, whatever it is, whether it's fruit, vegetables, whatever it is, but not to be seen, even though you're a farmer and you have a lot of it. And... <laughs> whatever the case may be, you, you, happen to have, you happen to have a lot of it or you're an unnie and have a lot of it. You're just a very efficient uh, poor guy who's gathered a lot of it from a bunch of different places. You cannot treat this stuff as a commodity. How do you show you're treating it as a commodity when you sell it and you make business with it? All right, let's go to the next page, the next words of the Ramban. V'chein v'mkomos rabben min ha-talmud. Boa lo It says, L'ochlo v'lo l'schorah. V'nichvel azu ha-mitzvah v'omru yisala. That was what we started today. V'oklu ev'yone amcha. Remember? That was the Pesach. Now the Ramban said nothing in Chumash about this. V'oklu means they should be eating it. Sh'lo o'mar. In other words, he could have said, "Look, don't gather it. Let everybody come and get it. Just like it's by leket. If you forget it, if all right, if, if you are if you are uh, um, cutting the the, um, uh, the grains, and it turns out that some of the uh, some of the sheaves naturally fall to the wayside." That's called leket. Don't get down on your knees and pick it up. You have to let it stay for the oni. You, you make a sheaf and you bind it and you put 10 on the truck and number 11 is left on the field. Don't go back and get it. That's shikha, that's leket and shikha. What is leket and shikha? Leave it. You have, no, you, you have to let the oni have first cracks at it but it doesn't say they have to eat it. Here, it says they need to eat it. It always mentions the aniyam eating it. It doesn't say, leave it for the aniyam. By leket, it doesn't say, and let the oni eat the leket. The main thing is, you can't control it. You, it's, it's almost like you steal from them if you take it. It's gezel aniyam. Once it's called leket or shikha or peah, Then you're a goslin It belongs to all the Nehemiah of the world. But here, the Torah is saying, you need to allow them to come and eat, which is different than just leaving it for them. What does the Ramban want with this? Now, that sounds like we have to do our utmost to make this a non-commodity and to make sure people are eating peroshmias. There's a mitzvah, seemingly, to eat. We want peroshvius to be eaten as an enjoyable food that's necessary to just get through this year. And the eating is itself a mitzvah.
2: Rabbi Tivalevich, is he saying that you're supposed to like police the avionim, that they, they shouldn't be taking it themselves to make a commodity out of Wow, What does he mean by that?
0: Well, you hope that's what they're going to do. Now, if they do it, then I guess they've done an Issar, right? They've done an Issar of, hey, honey, ahlu you're supposed to be eating it. His wife is going to give him musser, Bob, when she comes home. Why are you putting all that stuff in? the? In, in, in... Well, you know what? I, I can sell this for, down the street. The guys who weren't so, uh, they weren't so, uh, they, they weren't so czarist as me. They weren't as, as, as uh, they didn't go with such alacrity as I did and get the stuff. I, I, I can I can sell him for a dime, or no, you can't do that.
2: So you know, does that mean that if an ani with leket and shikha uh, that that he could right
0: uh, uh, leket and shikha he could do with right he would have a right to do schorer with leket and shikha. it's his if he wants to right, he, right. but you but 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 but, but perish vias you can't it has to be eaten schorer is the opposite seemingly now it's interesting why that's the case. Because schorah, in many ways, is meant to be bought, to be eaten, right? In other words, the the other ani is going to eat it. He just wasn't as quick as you on the draw. So you're selling it to him for him to eat. it. Does it make a difference that money, that, uh, that a guy made a little dollars on it? How does the schorah, the schorah really doesn't necessarily stop it from being eaten. Now, you could say that it does, because people if it 's chora everybody's going to hoard it till it becomes till it becomes uh, ra- becomes more rare and people want it when the demand becomes higher because that 's really the way chora works as you know right the way chora works is that you don't you push away immediate gratification and you wait till it 's worth more money later down the road so it 's all a right other Right, that's what schorah is, right? Right? In Yiddish, that's what we refer to as being involved in schorah, a handler. It
3: means... Rabbi 11?: Yes. So, okay, so you don't, want to, you don't want to take it to shuk and sell it, but let's say there are two aniyim One of them has got an excess of strawberries and another's got an excess of, of peaches. And he says, you know what? I'll trade you some of my strawberries for the peaches that you have. So they'll they'll eat it, but they're they're doing some trading on the side.
0: Is that also score? That's a good question. If a person switches, all right, all right, it's right, is that called schorer? Uh, I don't know. That might be an israel schorer too, because basically what they do when you, what Jack is saying, is instead of coming into a currency, every barter before currency, everything was barter, right? Before currency, everything was a barter. You have more of something; he has, he needs that, and that was in, 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 instead of currency. That's what people used. Now, when, so I would say, Jack, that that counts as chora. Yes, it does. I think so. Does that, I think, is chora? Now, and he says, "V'hinei ha'oses chora behem." over Basay. And the Rambam doesn't count this as an Asay. And this is a complaint against the Rambam. Why doesn't he? Why doesn't he count this as an Asay? Okay, so what is the Asay, really, is what we're trying to figure out. So, um, as you know, and I've mentioned this, that there was one of the last of the Rishonim, the Rashbats, who was a, uh, a person who left Spain, we talked, we started today speaking about people who had to leave their country and start over. The Rashbats left Spain and came to Algeria. And, and, and he knew, um, he came from Christian Spain, and he taught himself Arabic. And he spoke Arabic very well eventually. And he became a Dayan in Algiers. And he wrote a sefer about the mitzvos, And I'm going to read to you what he says here about this. The Rashbats. 15th, er, mid-15th century. Uh, or early part of the 15th century. He was part of the expulsion, the first expulsion from Spain in 1397. Many of his chuvas are from the early 1400s. Here is his sefer on the, on the sefer of mitzvahs. Look what he says here. The Ramban added a mitzvah, which others don't have. That's eating the peros. As we say, remember the Ramban quoted the Pesach in Parshets Mishpatim. If you look in the Ramban, the Ramban doesn't say what the the Rashbats paraphrases the Ramban, but he adds these words. Let's see it together. V'chein The Torah repeats this mitzvah in Parshas Mishpatim, where it says, V'ochu amcha. Klomar, this is added by the Rashbats. Mitzuvim heim peros elu. There's a mitzvah to eat it. They, they are commanded to eat the peros. To either you'll eat them or the aniyim will eat them. Not just to say, oh, anybody, I don't know what you want to do with it. So these extra words... And as Bob says, it sounds like the Aniyim have the mitzvah, and you have the mitzvah to encourage them. And it sounds like everybody has that mitzvah of eating them. It almost seems like you fulfill a mitzvah by eating. Again, you see, what's the most people say, what's the only thing you have to eat that you fulfill a mitzvah in? Matzah, right? And uh, eating erevim Kippur now we have a third thing eating Peyroshmias now you might also fulfill a mitzvah in eating the Karman Pesach that's also a mitzvah what else? eating it's eating Shruma might be a mitzvah for a Kohen but now we have another mitzvah called eating Peyroshmias which everybody can do Habat Shaney? Eating Maish Hashanah in Yerushalayim, yes. That would be a, a, a kiyam of a mitzvah. Of course, if you're not in Yerushalayim, you, you don't have to go. But you when you when you go there with your, right. um, is, is is everything you eat a mitzvah though? That's, I'm not sure. I know that you have to eat it in Yerushalayim. Do you fulfill a mitzvah? I guess you would make a brocha. Would you make a brocha? I guess so. Is there a bracha? Is there a bracha on achilas pey reshviyas? This is uh, now the Rashba brings a proof to the Rambam. The Ramban, mechein matzasi ani sadlize. I found the proof to the Ramban. The mashomer biyoma b'shviu, we stay b'moshul, we stay noshim shalukot bebesdin. Achas kilkale v'achas ochlo pagi Okay, so I'd like to do a little bit of this proof that the Rashbats brings. So in order to do this, I'm going to show you the Gemara
1: in Yuma that the Rashbats believes is a proof to the Ramban. It's a beautiful Gemara and it's part of the reason I wanted to learn it. The Gemara
0: says that Moshe de Moshe vid David. We find Moshe and David both did Averot. Moshe, of course, did not just speak to the rock, and David sinned with Batsheva. Sinned with Uri, sending Uriachiti to die, but also his lust for Batsheva and taking her uh, while technically she either was married or. Appeared to be married. These two men, what is this similar to? You can compare them to two women.
1: Let me let me start it before that. Rav I said, "Moshe of
0: David
1: were both great men." They're both two of the greatest. We needed them both. Moshe Omar, yikasev surchani. Moshe said, I want what
0: I, my Avera to be written down. What I did wrong, let it be written. Now this is funny because Moshe didn't seem to have a choice as to what God would want him to write in the Torah. So, this Rabbianai is interesting. Rabbianai seems to think Moshe was sort of a partner in what gets written in the Torah. But, Shinemar, Yan be lakti David said, Al surachani. David did not want it to be so open. Now, of course, anybody that reads, say, for Shmuel can see it. But where is it not written? Well, I guess in Tehillim, you know, he doesn't say it openly. In fact, in Tehillim, it says, "Ashrei Nesu'i Pesha Kiso You're supposed to cover up your sin. So now, Rabbi Yane gave the motion. The motion was like two women, both of them are coming to Bezin to get makos. What did one do? One was Kilkala. She ran around with another man. She had illicit sexual relations. One ate peiro shvius
1: that were not yet ripe. One ate a grape
0: that wasn't yet mature. Some sort of immature fruit of shvius. She ate it. And she was getting beaten and besvin for that. She said, look, I see who my cellmate is here. I see that we're both going to get Makos for what we did. Okay? Look, there's a bunch of people everybody's seeing we're both getting Makos. I can't stop that. And again, I don't know which people we would let view getting maybe we were a little bit more modest in terms of watching women getting beaten. I don't know. But the point is, was that she said she told the dayanim, michem, Hodio almahi loka. I want you to please tell everybody why I'm getting makos. Yomru almasha zuloka zuloka, because everybody knows this one is dressed like a hooker, right? This one is dressed. They know why she's getting makos. Everybody can tell. They think I'm here with her." They think, I'm getting makas too. They brought in two, two women that were running around with men. So what did they do? They said, we're going to grant your wish, the Bezdin said. So they took a bunch of, of, of unripe fruit, and they made a string of it as a necklace, and she wore it around their neck. And they said, this woman, you see that stuff around her neck? That's the stuff she was eating from. It's Shviya stuff. And she ate it when it was unripe. And this way, they when they gave her Makos, they gave her Makos so people would know what it was for. So that is Rabiana's Moshe. So the Rashpat is wondering here, okay, I understand you can maybe get Makos for Znus. Maybe if you kares, and they didn't give you the right asra. Why are you getting makos for eating perishviyas? You're getting makos, it says. You're getting beaten and bezed for eating perishviyas that are raw, that are not ripe.
1: What could that be? So the Rashbat says that, oh,
0: it must be. That's what the Ramban means. The Ramban, it's a proof to the Ramban. Because if you if you didn't wait till it was ripe, and you ate it when it was unripe, that's not that's misusing of the peros. You're supposed to eat them. You're supposed to wait till they become beautiful peros and eat them like that. If you eat them when they're when they're in a raw state, you have been mavato the assay of achilas perishvias. ze so what did you do with them? It's not called eating. It's like destroying them. It's like doing business with them or worse. Now, this is very strange because you don't get, a, you don't get makos for an assay. The Rashbats was a tremendous posse and a, a going, right? He was one of the, one of the stars of the, of, of the 15th century. So it, it's, it's a very, the piece needs to be understood, but you see it's, a it's he says it must be that there's a law from the Torah that's built on this assay of eating shvias properly.
3: And Rabbi Kivalevitz, can I give an ethical uh, interpretation of this? Go ahead. Which is that she was sort of being a chazer she was so anxious to make sure that she ate it and somebody else ate it, <laughs> That she ate it right away, even before it was ripe, so nobody else could get it.
0: I see. Um, I don't know if that's all, sir. I mean, you, 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 in other words, you have to eat like... In other words, even though it's being given to you, you're supposed to at least have herits and let, get, let everybody get their portion. But if you're eating it right... Yeah. Um, so you you think... I hear what you're saying, Jack. I, I just, it seems to me it was probably very sour and probably didn't give her much pleasure. But you're saying sometimes when free stuff is, is given out, you don't care that it doesn't, you just don't want the other guy to get it. right? So. Exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, Rabbi Kimblevich, yes. I want to add to Jack's explanation the following that if in fact the uh, uh took these uh, non right Things and use them to show what she did wrong, uh, then it seems to me that the bed in itself.
0: You're right. That's a great question. They should have let it
2: grow. What were they doing? How did they have the right to do that?
0: Good point. So I had an answer to that that maybe there was a bunch of stuff that she'd already taken and that stuff had already, they couldn't replant it or do anything with it. Okay. but But you're right, Bob if if the if if the rashbats is right that 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 interrupting a fruit again it's i, I think you know Chaim kanievsky basically says that he doesn't understand what this proof is because the iser would be to stop its growth not to eat it right it's not the eating that you would get the makos for right it would be you're not letting this become something that could be but it's not still it seems that we could say that this is a, um, now, um,
1: I want to end tonight uh, with, um, you know, it, it's, it's always great when
0: two men discover the same thing. And many would say these men were on opposite sides of things. And yet they both came up with the same source. And I'm speaking about Rav Kook Zatzal and the Chazon Ish. Let me show you Rav Cook and the Chazon Ish. One of the great rabbanim in Yerushalayim was Rabbi Michal Tukachinsky. Uh, he was a wonderful person, who, beloved by all different groups. He wrote a, a small, compact sefer called Sefer Hashmita. Talk about every line being full of ideas, and you need to study it properly. But it's it's still usable. It's it's it, it, it's it's very powerfully packed written, and but it's 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 about seventy pages, I think, and it gives you the whole overview of the controversy of selling of heter mechira. It's called Sefer Hashmita from Rabbi Yechiel Michel Tukachinsky. Now,
1: when he talks about the Kiddush of the Peros, Rav Yechiel Michel writes: They they aren't Peroshvi, as He says aren't like other
0: types of holy items, but yesham alko upon ponim They are sort of on almost holy. They have an aspect of holiness. But it's not like a korban. Vikinuosom and Chazal call them Kodosh Kedushat Shvius. In fact, by Yovel it says Kodesh Tiavachem, what comes out in the Yovel year. And we know that is to tell you that if you sell the Peiros, the money has to be treated the same way Shvius is. Vikidushas Ha Peiros Eila. Shem they should be eaten. Vyesh Some say eating it is is a mitzvah. And of course, you cannot just destroy them, or to somehow use them in an unusual way. Also, I need to remember this needs to be remembered for people who have pets. You can't just give them to a non-Jew. Which sort of sounds like the Ramban, right? (laughs) You can't just give it to a non-Jew to eat. If it is a a, a, shvi'ez kugel that's definitely meant for people to eat, you can't give it to the dog as scraps. Now, this is what Rav Yichil Michal wrote. He showed the manuscript to his good friend, the chief Rav of Yerushalayim and Eretz Yisrael, Rav Avram Yitzchok HaKohen Cook. Rav Cook wrote a note onto the book, and this is what he says. He says, it's a whole discussion whether there's a mitzvah to eat, payor of Look at the Ramban and the Megilas Esther, which I didn't do with you, a parish on the Sefer Mitzvahs. And he says, but the Yershalmi seems to be like the Ramban. Because the Yershalmi and the Tosefta say, Ein mechaiv Sola also pasha ipsha. Hmm. It says that if you have a bread that's starting to go bad, the Yershalmi and the Tosefta say, we don't, we're not mechaiv, the owner, the Balabas or the ani to eat that bread when it's going stale. What does that mean? It sounds that normally you would be mechaivim. Once it's already not considered normal eating food, because it's spoiled to the point that most people won't eat it, we don't force you to eat it. But Rav Kook says, it sounds from the Russian of the Yershalmi and the Tosefta that there would be a chivim had it, would it be in a state of normal eat a normal uh, edible state a omnam it appears Rav Kuk says she mitzvah that if you could be eaten you would actually force the person to eat it and say no come on eat it it's a mitzvah you eat it Ach it could be that this is actually even though it's your shalmi it's sometimes terminology is used because the Yershami wants to connect Truma to Shvius, and it uses terminology which is true for Truma, where we, in a sense, is sort of a mitzvah to eat Truma more than it would be to eat Shvius. And for Truma, it makes sense to say we don't make the Kohen eat the bread that has started to spoil. Visham mitzvah vadoyas. For Truma, it definitely is a mitzvah, Rav Cook says, for a Kohen to eat Truma, because it's similar. To the Avod and the Beis when you eat a carbon. So, when the Kohen eats the Truma in his house, it's similar to eating uh, a carbon. And therefore, because for Truma it makes sense, when they were comparing Truma to Shvius, the Yershalmi and the Tosefta inadvertently used language that was not correct. Sometimes in teaching, we overstate things and we aren't so exact. And we, we have to be mochel chazal for doing that. Because they were trying to make a comparison, and they sort of downloaded language that was not necessarily correct. But, uh, but if, if it was only here, and this was the only place we had such terminology, you would have a proof to the idea that seems to be in the Ramban, that there's a mitzvah that you makayim when you eat perishvius, but, but Rav Kook says, I'm not sure if it's a proof really only agav, he says shruva. You make a bracha on the Rambam doesn't say you make a bracha on shvius. agav And since the term some of aluchos are similar, <laughs> we say agav. The language downloads into shvius even though it's inexact. And this is the Rav Kook didn't make this up. We find this in the Talmud in many places where we we say that terminology inexact terminology was used because of what we were trying to affect in our teaching. He says, if mitzvah but if there is a mitzvah, and there might be, you would say, If a person has Peroshvius, he can and, and, and he cannot fast today. Also, but you can't decide. I'm fasting. Why are you fasting? I don't know. I want to do Tshuva. No, you could be eating Pey today. You got Pey If a person happens to have them in his house, and you hold like the Ramban that there's a mitzvah, so you can't ch- Yom Kippur. Of course, God God said Yom Kippur right here, here. But let's say you decide I'm fasting during Elul for tshuva no you can't why because you you could fulfill a mitzvah eating eating perishviyas today and you're not so even well i i want to fast because uh, i want to feel from okay not on the cheshven of a mitzvah you could eat perishviyas and if you're fasting today you're not eating perishviyas so that was rav cook's haora rabbi rabbi it's
3: a practical question does that apply for perish feeds that you actually buy rather than pick yourself?
0: Either way, whether you, now again, how you bought it is another question, right? They shouldn't have been sold in the first place. But however you bought it, whatever the hetter was you bought, it is perish feeds, and there's a mitzvah to eat it. So what are you frumer? You could be much more frum eating perish than fasting today. That's what Rav Kook says. Now, he quotes this Yer Shalmei and and I found today the Chazanish also quotes it, and let me
1: show that to you. So here's the Chazanish. The Chazanish quotes the Yer
0: Shalman, exactly like Rav Cook does. Ein mechaivin oso lecho. L'chora, he says, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean, mechaivin? Ein chiv lool meecho perish fios. <laughs> you can't say there's a to eat peir kishlamin. It's not like a carbon. and a carbon shlom, there's a mitzvah to eat it. What it means is you can't say, oh, this is probably edible. When it says, machayven it means we don't force you to err and treat it like, oh, I can eat this food. You have a right to say, oh, uh Dolly, this is for you," and and give it to the dog. Now, Venera, the Osir le echal, pashe the of hefset. In fact, the chazanish goes further. If you, if it is a uh, a a a, um, a a piece of bread that has gone so stale that you can't, you can't, that it's already rotten, then you can't put it in your mouth. Then eating it would be the wrong thing to do because your animal could still eat it. And again, the, the assumption was cows and other big animals aren't going to get sick from eating it. But for you, it's, it's, it's like you're eating dirt. And for the animal, it's a benefit. So for you to decide
1: I'm going to eat it would be to for you to do. You would be ruining it. it. Now, I did see there was a commentary on the Ramban that said the Ramban says there's a mitzvah to eat it. But he says whoever learns this Ramban this way is wrong.
0: He says, I know people learn the Ramban, that there is a mitzvah to eat. But that's not what the Ramban means, the Chazanish says. Kavanus Ramban, the iser schorahu, the Isr Schorah is the Asay. When you do Schorah, when you do business with it, that's awesome. That the Ramban says. Doing business, treating it like a commodity is awesome. But there's no mitzvah in eating it. If the Ramban's trying to prove there is a mitzvah, why did the Ramban just quote the Isra's Chorah? Isra's Chorah doesn't prove anything. Chorah doesn't show you you're not eating it. There is no mitzvah to eat can It's impossible, the Chazanish says, and the Ramban could never have meant it, to say, although the Rashvat seems to say that, the Ram, the it's impossible, the Chazanish says, for the Ramban to have meant that there's a mitzvah, because it isn't a mitzvah of eating it you can't call it a asse. Therefore, the whole, if it's anything, all it is, is the iser of Schorah. The iser of Schorah, meaning treating it as, it's almost, as I would say better, it's a lav. It's treating it as a commodity. But it's, there is no mitzvah be'etzim of Achil HaShviyas. So what I found interesting is that they, again, Ravkuk clearly feels that it's possible in the Ramban to say that. The Chazanish felt halachically it's impossible. He says it doesn't, it doesn't jive with him. It doesn't, the Ramban hasn't proved it. And it seems like the pusik of Achlu Avion Amecha doesn't seem to prove it either, according to the Chazanish. So that is, it seems, however, that Rav Kook was ready to accept in the Ramban that there's actually a positive mitzvah that a person can fulfill by eating perishviyas. And, 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 and Chazanish is right. Don't eat something that's rotten, because that's not called eating. But possibly the nafkamina would be, hmm, is this food? Right? right, right? What do you do when it's, it, hasn't yet, it hasn't yet turned bad? What should you do? According to the Chazanish, <laughs> there's no mitzvah anyway. Don't take a chance. According to the Rav there's a mitzvah. You want to fulfill that mitzvah. You want to grab that mitzvah and try to do it. might be, it went bad a little bit. Yeah, it's a little bit raw, a little bit stale. According to Chazanish, that would be ridiculous. The Chazanish feels that that, what Rav Cook's understanding of it is, 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 is completely incorrect. That there is, it's not possible to even conceive of it being a mitzvah. So. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast.